This is the Making Millionaires Podcast, a realistic, no BS approach to effective and profitable investing. Everything from options trading to real estate. Once I'm done with you, you'll be itching to tell your boss to take a hike. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get in your face about the real way to make money and change your family tree. It's time to start thinking like a winner. So buckle up, sugar cup. It's about to get real. Hey y'all, what's going on? This is Andrew from the Options Millionaire Community, home of a fantastic educational resource where we could all get together, hang out, discuss all things related to finance, work hard, play hard, and try to change our family tree one day at a time. Appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to another episode of the Making Millionaires podcast, a great educational resource where you can kind of trim your mind, emotions, and refine your strategy a little bit to kind of tie this into the YouTube channel. I think it's a good one-two punch in terms of uh, trying to account right, get your mind right, Especially in these waters, 2022 has been a crazy year, continues to be a crazy year, crazy oscillations in price, a lot of heated emotions, bulls, bears, duking it out left and right. Now we got midterms and uh, tech earnings going crazy and FOMCs and CPIs and all these nutty things that cause crazy swings in prices. So, And in trying to maintain that edge, a lot of people continue to ask day after day, rightfully so, is how do I continue to gain an edge? How do I continue to grow my account uh, in navigate these waters because we all know bull markets are pretty easy you buy low you sell high but bear markets it really shows you the difficulty you know everyone thinks of bear markets is just all right well i'm just going to take puts you know just sell off what do you do it's the opposite of a bull market right now because in bull markets you get very short-lived small drawdowns with long-term sustained buy-ups but in bear markets you get sell-offs and buy-ups and bear market rallies and rages and sell-offs and consolidations and you know, where do you take puts and where do you take calls and how long do I hold? And it's it's just not easy. You have a restrictive monetary policy. You've got news events. You've got volatility events. And it draws things out of the woodworks and it makes things go crazy. And it makes the price action incredibly volatile and very unpredictable at times. So how do you go about doing all that? Well, there's no real good answer, honestly. There's a million different systems out there. Obviously, my system, our system, we, we, we go off to VPA, volume price analysis. Well, we all know there's a million different systems out there. I mean, you could follow anyone and follow any different system. Obviously, my system, my technical system is volume price analysis. It's a good analysis of both volume and price action working together in tandem. How do I go about navigating those two waters to to figure out a thesis? But more importantly, it's risk management. Sure, picking a right trading system is important. Picking something that's effective and sustainable is important. Sure. However, what's far more important is your ability to implement risk management into your system and then execute that risk management strategy over and over and over again. Because in the big scheme of things, if you can't control your execution, if you can't control whatever system you choose to follow, then what's the point of doing anything? Because you're never gonna be sustainable. You're never gonna be consistent. You're never gonna be profitable in the long term. And the key word there is long term. And it doesn't matter what kind of trader you are. If you're a scalper, if you're a swing trader, long term investor, if you're a buy and hold, DCA, stockholder, whatever. Every single strategy points towards a long-term consistency. How do you develop your strategy to be consistent in the long-term? And it all boils down to risk management. So in this episode, we're going to talk about exactly risk management and how to take steps to develop some risk management strategies and implement that into your daily system. A couple of things we're going to talk about is like key times in the market, position sizing, all that kind of stuff, all the normal stuff that we're going to talk about uh, every day in the Discord server. I'm going to try to summarize here for you so you can really implement that. But to start out, we're going to go over position sizing. I feel like position sizing is pretty, position sizing is pretty 
self-explanatory, and it should be pretty obvious, especially for if you've been in the server for any particular time. Position sizing is absolutely crucial. What position sizing does is force you to respect the market. If you are using too large a position size or if you're not implementing responsible position sizing, your ego is in the way and you're basically telling the market and yourself is that you are correct and there's no possible way that you're wrong, which nothing could be further from the truth. It is inevitable that one of your positions will be destroyed frequently. It's not even something that's rare. It's inevitable that at least once a week, twice a week, three times a week, that you will have a trade that'll get destroyed. So if you are overexposing yourself, it's only a time game. You're sitting on a time bomb where eventually your account is going to go to zero very quickly if you overexpose yourself. So if ordered, in order to be productive in the long term, you have to reduce those position sizing. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter how well your win rate is. Position sizing is going to keep you in the game long term. That's the whole goal it is not to be a successful trader for two weeks. It's be a successful trader for 30 years, little by little by little, which leads me to my next tenant, which is set your expectations properly. The whole thing with the past three years of this investing craze, the 2020, 21, 22, the WSB, all this stuff that's came into the market, the whole craze that's jumped into the market has been awesome, but it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, you've got all these new investors, young investors that are now interested and passionate about investing and making money and developing a strategy and changing their family tree, which is amazing. However, the other side of that sword is that it's, it's thrown expectations out of the window. People now think that is... It is not only possible, but practical to become a millionaire in two weeks, to double their account every week, to get 1,000% gains left and right, to abuse the system that is options trading. Unfortunately, that is not productive. It's not sustainable. It's not consistent. It's not realistic in the long term by any means at all. So the first thing you have to do is cage those expectations. So your expectation, for me, when I first started this, I realized that if I could just make my daily salary at my W-2 job, then that for me is a huge success. I don't need to sit here and make $10,000 a day. So what I did at the time is I took my daily salary and I broke it and I added in all my contributions for 401ks, my retirement, my, my health insurance, everything that was taken out of my check that I need to survive and grow my future, which is retirement accounts because a lot of people forget about that. So I took my gross number that I needed with all the stuff that came out of my paycheck and I broke it down into a daily number so I took the amount of trading sessions in a year, I divided by the amount of the dollar amount I needed, and that was my dollar amount. It's not all that much. It's only a couple hundred bucks, you know, two, three, four hundred, depending on your income. And that was my dollar I needed to make. So as long as I hit two or three, four hundred dollars a day with that current account, that was a huge, huge win for me. You know, obviously, even that for the for the realistic investor, for the mature investor, even that is an ambitious goal. They're like they're they're probably listening to this and like, oh, if I can make four hundred bucks a day, that's huge. Yeah, but I'm trying to cage your expectations for the average investor that thinks that they need to make $5,000 a day to do this. If you're making $5,000 a day, you're going to be in the top 0.01% of investors, and you're going to be like up there with Warren Buffett. So if you cage your expectations and say, all right, well, if I can hit two to $300 every single day that I'm getting out. You know, we've talked about this before is that, you know, what the mature investor does, the people that I've met that are in the upper echelon of traders that are in the literally tens to 20s to 30s million dollars accounts that have bigger accounts than me. And as I've grown my account, I've realized this as well, is that the bigger my account gets, I don't take bigger trades. People think that the bigger account gets the bigger trades you take, not me and not the smart investors that I've traded with. What the bigger your account gets means you get to buy risk. So for me, the bigger my account gets means the less money percentage wise I have to use to still hit my daily goal. 
the more money I make, the less risk I have to take. Not the more money I make, the more risk I could take. That's counterintuitive. That's going to blow you up. So the more money I make in my account, the less of my balance I have to use percentage-wise to make the same daily goal. Now, sure, I do increase my daily goal a little bit at a time, but I'm not sitting here with my account that's way bigger than it was 11 years ago. I'm not sitting here trying to knock it out of the ballpark every single day. I say, all right, well, with my account, I could kick my feet back. I can use a very small percentage of my account to make the same dollar amount I was making two, four, five years ago and reduce all my risk. And now that is a sustainable way. That ensures that I will maintain my balance or at least never get blown up for the rest of my life. No way will the market ever destroy me because I reduce my risk profile so small that even on the worst of days, I'm never going to get blown out. Never, ever, ever, ever. It's the only bottom line, double line, highlighted bold. It's the only certainty in my trading system is that the market will never blow me up, at least not my day trading account, maybe my long-term stock account when the market goes to crap, but never in my day trading account will I ever be blown up. So cage your expectations, set those daily parameters small so you can reduce, so you can increase your consistency and your productivity. So the third risk mitigation measure is expiration. I'm not going to take too long on this one. You should already know that zero DTE contracts for the scalper are incredibly, incredibly volatile. I have increased the frequency that I trade zero DTE expirations in 2022 because one, I trust my system a lot. I trust myself a lot, my, my strategy and my execution. And three, the market has been so incredibly volatile that it's difficult to swing and it's offered plenty of opportunities to scalp zero DTEs during the day. However, outside of 2022, zero DTEs are pretty much suicide. So even in this environment, if you are a newer trader or a beginning trader or a trader going through losses regardless, you need to stop trading zeros and go long. Two, three, four DTE, weekly DTEs, uh, you know, even even like monthly DTEs on longer dated trades. So, so increase the expiration, reduce your risk profile, and reduce your exposure to the volatility. Fourth one. Now, this was a big one. This is a really big one. And I think this is one that is counterintuitive to the average trader, which pretty much everything investing is counterintuitive. That's why it's so difficult. It goes against everything you think about what you need to do. But the big thing is reducing your trading frequency. Just because you're a day trader doesn't mean you need to trade every day. Just because you're a scalper doesn't mean that you need to scalp every single movement. Case in point, you know, yesterday I'm on my stream. You know, I do the daily streams with the with the Discord. If you're not, if you're not already there, so I'm doing the daily live streams in the Discord. I had a 107% call on the way up. We had it. We had a day of this particular day where we had a 60 point buy up and then like a 50 point sell off after the in the afternoon. So in the morning we had like a 50 point buy up, and the afternoon we had like a 50 or 60 point sell off. So a big upside down V type of chart. Well, on the way up, I had a 107% win. I blew my daily goal out of the water. Hugely green day for me. And then, you know, about 11.15, 11.20, which was 12.15, 12.20 Eastern time, I'm in Central time, I went off to lunch. I come back about an hour and a half later. The market's already down 30 points. I missed most of the move. I elected not really to play it. And then the market fell down. And everyone's like, why don't you take this trade? Why don't you take the puts? Why don't you take the sell-off? And I'm like, I don't need to. Like, I just had 107% call. I just blew my daily goal out of the water. Why do I need to trade that downside? Could I have and made more money? Sure. I could have played some puts and made more money on the downside. Absolutely. I could have probably made a lot of money, but I don't need to trade anymore. Once I hit that 100% goal, once I blow my daily goal out of the water, why should I sit here at the charts all day long? Because on this particular day, sure, I missed a 50 to 60 point sell-off afterwards, which I, which I could have made more money. However, most of the time, 
in that afternoon time, which I'll go over key times later on in this podcast episode. But most of the time, 80 to 90 percent of the time in that or in that late morning, early afternoon time frame, the market's dead. And all I'm going to do is sit there and get chopped up. I'm going to be glued to the charts and waste two to three hours of my life glued to chop, not make it, not being productive, losing money, getting chopped up on scalps. So I want to reduce my exposure and trade f- less frequent, less frequent in the market. Because we sit here as scalpers and think that we need to scalp every single fluctuation in price. And that's, that's not consistent or sustainable. And it's not something I want to be doing because it's a complete waste of my time. I don't need to be doing that. You know, this goes back to the point of setting our expectations because we sit here, we put our butts in these seats and think that we need to be glued to this and that if we miss even a 10-point fluctuation in price that we're missing out on making money that and we freak out and we go crazy and FOMO and now you're like, well, I missed that 10-point trade. Now I got to make this one. And oh, if I, I missed that pinpoint reversal, I got to take this put and this call. And it's like you you draw your, you, you drive yourself crazy on trying to catch every single move. So I find it a blessing if I could if I could make my money in the morning and then pay then just pay for myself to just not be there at the charts all day. That is what I want to do because with scalping, you want to reduce your exposure to the market, get your trades in, get your green profits, and then get out. And there's a metaphor I want to think about. Think about the market is a giant bucket of acid, a pool of acid, and inside that acid is money. There's a bunch of money just dunked inside the acid. And you have the ability with some sort of glove or tool, I don't know, to reach inside that acid and grab that money, but only very quickly and a little bit at a time. But the more you reach in, the more it starts to burn you and eat away at your hands. And every time and we are like, all right, well, I reach in the acid, I grab my money. All right, I got this, but I'm okay. I grab my profits. I've got my money. Good. But now I need more. I see more money inside that acid and I keep grabbing and I keep grabbing. And eventually that acid starts to eat away your hand and eventually you lose your hand and you lose all your profits and you're done terrible metaphor i'm sure but hey you get the point the point is the more you increase your frequency in trading in the market the more you increase the probability that you're going to lose your profits and lose trades and the whole point here is to develop consistency over the long term so trade less get your trades in the morning when things are a little bit more predictable and then get out before the market becomes unpredictable because the most unpredictable time in the market is late morning early afternoon when the market has already made its move and now you're setting up for the next move and that brings me to my next point which is key times in the market So what are these key times in the market? These are times where you want to tailor your trades around, know when to enter, know when to start playing, know when to look for trading, and then get out when these times pass. The first one is the European Open. In my opinion, in this environment, the European market open and its effect on the United States is the closest thing to a predictable trade that you can get in the market. So roughly about 0200, 0300 Eastern time, there starts to become this bounce. It doesn't matter how far we sold off. It doesn't matter how red things are. I would say most of the time, and I'd, like, I'd actually like to go back and do a case study on this and see and back test this to see how often that actually happens. But I would say most of the time, if you were to plot the very low right around 0200, 0300 of the day on the charts on the ES and see that 0200, 0300 European bounce to the upside, how many times we actually go upwards and how profitable a call would be if you took that or long futures at that position and rode it into the bell so the European Open is a key time. 0200, 0300, look for start to go long in the market. Even if we're down 60, 70 points. Some of my biggest wins in pre-market back in the springtime, it was when we were sold off 70, 80 points on that crazy volatility. Uh, like when all the Russian news started coming out in spring of 2022 and all this craziness started coming out, we would sell off a bunch. Some of my biggest wins would be like literally we were down 60, 70, 80 points in pre-market and then here comes European Open. I would literally set a buy order for a key level that's way down south 
not even put a stop on. And I would wake up to massive profits because the market would draw all the way down, fill it, and like clockwork at 0300, the market would bounce and go back up. And that's all you had to do. And I'm, heck, my day was done by then. Why else would I need to trade by then? So the first one, obviously, European Open, 0200, 0300. The second one is the 0600 fade. I call it the flat trade. Some people call it uh, the the drift, the upwards drift. There's a couple of different technical terms. There's been actually there's actually been some articles on it, but not very many. But it's the 0600 drift, roughly about 0600 Eastern time, 0700, right in there. We get this fade upwards to flat going into the bell. So if we're down or if we're kind of chopping around 0600, 0700, look for a move that starts to move back to flat. Now, if we're up, look for a move that could go back to downwards into a neutral position. That's a key time to start trading. The next one is 0900, nine o'clock in the morning Eastern time. That is when a lot of brokers start trading. Retail traders come online with their sums to get some volatility there. You can kind of get on. That one's not as important as the first two, but it's still one you want to be a part of. Obviously, you've got 930, the market open. For me personally, between 9.30 and 9.45, the first 15 minutes of the day, that should be, for 95% of traders, that should be hands-off, no trading. Because that is the most volatile, aggressive price action. That's where you have all these open orders, all these open hedges that are just going to come off or be bought up immediately. You're going to get massive volatility, huge fluctuations in price, and it's pretty unpredictable. It's pretty much the closest thing you get to gambling the whole point of the day. So between 9.30 and 9.45, hands-off. Between 9.45 and about 10.30, that's where your volatility sets. That's where you could start to really gauge the, the true momentum of the morning, what the big money wants to do, where the momentum of the market wants to go, what the rest of the market wants to do. And that's prime time trading activity right there between about 9.45 and 10.30 is where you want to set some trades. Now between 10.30 and about noon, that's where volatility starts to come off, and that's where you really get your your range day sets and it would felt and then figure out if the market's going to trend up or trend down. So between that 10:30 and 12 o'clock range is where you could play the upwards momentum, the downwards momentum, or if you're going to play some ranges off our SR levels in the middle, that's a good that's a good place to, to get some more trades in. Now here comes the 12 o'clock point. This one's kind of a gray area. So about 12 o'clock. That's where a lot of times we get a reversal in price or a move initiated right at the 12 o'clock range. So from 12 to 12.15, look for a potential move or reversal or a jump in price action right about 12 o'clock. And then about after 12.15, after that move's made, 90% of the time between 12.15 and about 1.30, 1.45, you need to be away from the charts. Forget about it. Don't trade it. Hands off. And that, that is the second time of the, of the day where you need to be pretty much hands off. Get away from the charts. Go eat lunch. Go outside, go for a jog, get your fitness in, go play with your kids, go do what you got to do. So that is a time where the market usually chops. And even if it doesn't chop and if it, if it is trending still, that is the most unpredictable time of the day. Because the reason being, one, the morning moves already been made. The institutions have already placed their bets. The institutions have already shifted their strategy. They've taken trades off. They put trades on. They've done their thing in the morning from the overnight session and their prior day's strategy. They've made those trades. And now the middle of the day, all you're doing is fighting the high frequency traders. You're fighting other retail. You're fighting nothing. You're fighting low volume chop. And even if it is trendy, it's a lot of wicks. It's a upwards wicks, downwards wicks, a lot of choppy price action that's going to get you in trouble. So nine times out of 10, that time frame, avoiding that time frame will keep you safe. Now, sometimes, sure, you'll have a move made, set alerts if you come back to it or something crazy happens, sure. But nine times out of 10, you need to avoid that time frame. 
And then comes the afternoon. The afternoon session is where volatility starts creeping in. Roughly 130, 1400, we start to get the afternoon being made. The afternoon move, the volatility kicks in, maybe a little bit more momentum, and you can start to play that. And then power hour comes. The last hour of the day. That's 1500 from 1600. The last hour of the day. If you are scalping this hour, then obviously you need to play with proper position sizing and the, uh, longer DTs. Zero DTEs are a no-go on this unless you are playing some cheap, cheap, cheap lottos just for fun. Hands off. The last hour of the day is absolutely hands off. This is where profit taking happens, hedging happens, hedging rolls. If you have OPEX, the last little gamma push as uh, hedges unroll, any kind of event that happens, you're going to get a complete unwinding or positioning for the next day. A lot of unpredictable movement, huge volatile moves in a very quick time. It can blow your positions out of the water. So the last hour of the day needs to be strictly uh, very risk managed in longer DTEs or features to avoid theta altogether. But obviously the last hour of the day, theta kicks into high gear, especially if you're doing zero. So please don't do zero the last hour of the day. Those are the key times. And those are the times that I trade around. You got the Asia open. That's like 1900, 2000 at night. Uh, but that doesn't bring in as much volatility. as other ones, I don't really follow that too, too much, but sometimes. So I hope those really help you with the times. Uh, it really develop a strategy on when to enter and when to get away from the screens. Because one, you know, you don't want to get chopped up in the middle of the day, but two, who wants to sit here at the charts all day, every day? That's not freedom. You know, the whole point of trading is to bring more freedom into your life. And what's the point of trying to do all that if you're just glued to your screen every single day, all day? I don't want to sit here on my screen all day from market open to market close and try to scalp every little wick and every candle. That's not what I want to do. I want freedom. I want to be able to make my money in the morning, make my goal, and then get out and get away. Highly encourage you to do the same. It'll improve your quality of life. It'll improve your emotional stability and it'll improve your overline profitability. The next thing is stop the coulda, woulda, shoulda. Everyone talks about the coulda, woulda, shoulda. Man, I wish I would have held my call longer. How can I improve holding positions longer? Man, I wish I would have held that put all the way down. All that kind of crap. The problem with that is that it does two things. One, it's a false narrative because no one ever, ever thinks about the flip side of things. Everyone thinks, everyone always remembers, man, I should have held my put longer on that 50 point drawdown, but they don't remember the points where they said, holy crap, I wish I would have closed that put out right before it bounced because now I lost all my profits. Holy crap, I wish I would have cut that call at the top instead of hoping for more because now it's down 15% when it reversed to the downside. So no one ever thinks about that. They only remember the FOMO stuff where they think, man, I wish I would have held it for longer. The second thing it does is it causes you to FOMO. So let's say you enter a call at a perfect place and the market bounces right at the bottom. You take a call and it bounces and moves up 100 points. But after 40 points, you close your call out, which probably would have been about 100% gain. So let's say you get 100% gain on a nice call. But you come back in two hours and that same premium is now up like four or five hundred percent. You're like, dang, I wish I would have held more. And now you've got that FOMO instinct where you feel like instead of enjoying your hundred percent win, you're now FOMOing because you just missed out on three to four hundred percent. You're kicking yourself, you're beat down, you're upset, even though you should be very happy. And now you start looking for more call opportunities, you start jumping into calls, you start jumping in where you don't need to, and you start getting chipped away. The market starts reversing at your end or you're entering at the top. There's no more opportunity or the risk reward for more upside is no longer there. It's no longer in your benefit and you start getting chipped away. And now not only have you FOMO into play, but you've reduced your win. You've gave back some profits and it's a double whammy. And you're now it really destroys your emotions. So stop thinking coulda, woulda, shoulda. The fact that you got 100% on a call is beautiful. And you, again, this goes back to my first point is you have to think what's sustainable over the long term. 
Sustainable over the long term is slow and steady. It's small wins. It's 10 to 20% wins over and over and over and over and over again. In fact, if I were if I were to give you, if I had the ability to shut off your broker after you made one to two green trades a day, I would. I don't care if you miss a 300-point move in the afternoon. I don't care if you miss a big news headlines in the afternoon. If you can come here and buy 10 o'clock in the morning, if you could be profitable and hit your daily goal, or even not even hit your daily goal, even if you're green, to shut your broker off every day, I promise you in 12 months, you would be astonished with how big your account is. But people don't want to do that. They want more. They want more and more and more and more and more. You know that meme where it says how many times? More, 200, more, 300, more. I don't know. I forget what that was about, but either way, that's the same thing. People want more. Heck, if I could be done, if I could be green by the open, if I could make a pre-market trade and be green, I don't even want to trade. I want to go outside and go play golf, go mow the yard, go do something fun outside. But So bottom line is quit the coulda, woulda, shoulda. Make your trades. Get out. And the last thing is ask yourself, what is sustainable? What does sustainable look like? Sustainable is not going for 100% trades every day. Sustainable is not questioning everything you do. Sustainable is not sitting here looking at the charts all day long, trying to scalp every single top and bottom because that's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for your emotions. It's not sustainable for your account because the market is inherently unpredictable. The more experience you get, the more attuned you get to your strategy, the more you fine tune your your thought process and your academics, it becomes a little bit more predictable. But overall, the bottom line is the market is still inherently unpredictable. And it's the most unpredictable between our, in our more in our late morning, early afternoon time frame. So about twelve o'clock till about two o'clock, it's the most unpredictable. So why would I want to frequently try to trade those waters? So trades are in the most, most predictable times. Take your small profits and get out ten to twenty percent every single day, because when you're scalping, it's really not that difficult to get a ten percent win on a zero DD contract. So if you could put on a high confidence trade, take your ten percent and get out every single day. That's all you need. You can hit your daily goal and get out, but people don't want to do that. So what is sustainable to you? Find something that's repeatable, that's risk managed, that's properly positioned, and a key time in the market and identify those key times and then get out and get away because that is going to be sustainable for you. And then if you do that over and over and over, nice and boring, nice and sustainable, in three, four, five years, your account will have tripled or even more. And you'll think, man, this is this is amazing. My quality of life is better. I'm not freaking out. I'm not blowing up accounts left and right. And I've got some freedom. Risk management is absolutely key. It's the most important thing out of all aspects of trading is developing these things that I've talked about in this episode to put together a system that's repeatable, sustainable, and profitable. I'm going to leave it at that. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm very passionate about the subject. I think it's the most important subject in investing and something that's not enough talked about. So I hope you definitely enjoyed it and got something out of it. If you have any questions, you can email me, optionsmillionaire2020 at gmail.com. You can come over to the Discord, uh, the Options Millionaire Discord. Shoot me a DM in the Discord, or you can post in the rooms. Let me know if you have any questions about this topic or any other topic for that matter. Or you could join us on the YouTube, Options Millionaire YouTube channel, where we discuss all things investing. The YouTube channel is used for more of academic stuff, a little more drier content that's not quite in-depth, uh, but it's definitely more academic. So if you want to figure out some technical stuff, head over to that channel and let me know what you think. Once again, I'm Andrew with the Options Millionaire Community, and this has been another episode of the Making Millionaires Podcast. And before I go, I'm going to leave you with this. And the only thing keeping you from achieving financial greatness is the decision to be better. <laughs>